Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is April 26th, 2023. We continue our series, Words for Life, and the word for the day is recognizing. So where in our lives have we failed to recognize Jesus walking beside us? Where have we missed him? At work. In the midst of our lives. Where are we in the process of actually recognizing him? You know, God says that he's always with us, but oftentimes we miss him. And so our word today, recognizing, is are we going to seek to recognize that he is with us? Today we're going to read scriptures from the lectionary. We're going to begin with Acts chapter 2 verses 14, and then verses 36 through 41. Again, verse 14, and then verses 36 through 41. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah, and all those who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said, and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So here we have a famous passage from Acts chapter 2. Peter is preaching the gospel. He's telling the story of how Jesus died and rose from the dead. He includes testimony of the power, the hope, the forgiveness of sins, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And it cuts the people who hear it to their very hearts. We see that in verse 37. See, the people recognized what Peter was saying was true. And we know that because they say, what shall we do? They recognized their condition. They recognized the truth that G- that Peter was presenting about Jesus. They recognized the work and it caused a response. What shall we do? And of course, Peter tells them to repent. And 3,000 of them were baptized and added to the church that day. First point of recognizing. Let's look at the next 
lectionary reading, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 25. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from the, your fathers, but the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He has indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope were in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. So again, we have Peter preaching a gospel message. Reminding people of what it is they're receiving by faith. He tells them that their faith is more precious than gold or silver. He talks to them about their faith and their hope in God, about how they have received the truth in the Spirit, how they fervently love one another with pure hearts. And then he brings on this last portion. He quotes a portion of Old Testament where he says, All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is. As a flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls away, but the Lord, word of the Lord endures forever. Here he's hoping that they will recognize that there are things in this world that don't really have meaning. Gold, silver, even time. There are, there, there are things that we put our, our hope in and our faith in. And it, it's like grass, it's like flowers. It's going to wither. It's going to fade away. The petals are going to fall off. It's not really real. It's it's what they call corruptible. And he talks about that we've put on the incorruptible. Sometimes we hear the word corruptible and we're thinking of, of conduct and 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 is it is it is it pure? But you see, this purity isn't about you know, am I a purely good person? This is about the, the purity, the incorruptibility that comes by having been saved and redeemed through Christ. He's wanting them to recognize that Jesus Christ provides something that we cannot do or attain ourselves here in this life. That there are things in this life that are, are meaningless. I mean, gold and silver, most of us, especially with the way the dollar is falling, most of us would want gold or silver. They're, they're worth a lot of money. But it's meaningless in comparison to what God has given us, what he is offering us in Christ Jesus. Can we recognize this? Can we recognize that he has offered us a, a life that is beyond our comprehension? Do we, do we recognize this? Now, with this, I want us to turn over to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Luke 24, 
13 through 35. It says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not recognize him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one of those, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have not known these things which happened here these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. But we were hoping that he was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this today, the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is indeed risen, and he appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them, in the breaking of bread. So in this passage of scripture, we have the a, a famous story from the road to Emmaus of two individuals. They're leaving Jerusalem and they're disappointed. They believed Jesus was the Christ. They had come down. They experienced his last week, probably his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, everything that had happened. And then they were witnesses to the crucifixion, the death of and the burial of Jesus. And here they are on the third day, they're going home. They're on their way home. They're headed to the town of Emmaus for the night. And Jesus, of course, is risen by this point. This is the third day, and he's risen. And they've heard stories that uh, that Mary had gone out, and, and, and that there was no body, and that Peter and, and John had seen the tomb. They've heard these stories, but they they didn't believe them, and they're going home, and they're disappointed. And Jesus just walks up with them. He just starts walking and traveling with them, and they have a conversation. And, of course, Jesus, he sort of plays stupid. I mean, let's just be honest. He, he plays stupid. He's 
He's like, why are you so sad? And they're like, going, well, it's about Jesus. And he's like, well, they're about what's what happened. And Jesus like, well, what happened? And they're like, don't you know? Are you the only person who doesn't know about Jesus? And they, they tell him, they tell Jesus about Jesus. But it's from their perception. And when they get finished with this, Jesus tells them they're foolish, that they're slow of heart, that they don't understand the scriptures. And then he begins with Moses and begins to expand upon the scriptures and everything the prophet said about himself. And later, when they arrive to where they're going to stay for the night, Jesus is going to just keep going without them. And they, they, they ask him to stay. It's late. And something inside them is stirred. They later say, did our hearts not burn when he spoke to us? In other words, Jesus has already ignited something in them. And they don't even recognize that he's there. Something is ignited, this passion. That's why they, they beg him to stay with them. Because they, the, he's ignited something in them. And they, they know it. And they don't want him to leave. But they don't know who this is. And so Jesus stays, he goes in, and he's having dinner, and when he breaks the bread and prays, they recognize him. They suddenly see him for who he is. This, this is Jesus. He's risen. And they, they see, and he suddenly disappears. Now, there's lots of sermons and teachings. Why did he disappear? A lot of it has to do with faith. Faith is, is, is not seen. It's, it's believing in what is unseen. Once they had faith, they no longer needed to see him. He he disappeared. They now understood that he was alive. But, but they jump up. And in this excitement of knowing that he was alive, that they recognized that he was with them and alive, notice it says they immediately, that very hour, this is they're, they're bedding down for the evening. They have traveled all day long. And they suddenly jump up. It doesn't matter that it's, quote, evening. It's going to be night soon. It's not safe to travel. They immediately that hour return to Jerusalem. And they find the 11, the, the other 11 apostles at this point. And they, they have to tell them they've seen Jesus. And when they get there, there are other people there. And the talk is everyone that's seen Jesus that day is talking about it. And they get to share their story about how they recognized him but only after he broke the bread. Jesus had to do something that they were familiar with before they recognized him. And with that, I want to I want to talk. There, there, are, there are certain religious things that we as Christians, we, we recognize God and how God moves because it's it's what we know. It's how we were we were raised and we were brought up. And so we just recognize certain moves of the Lord, certain moves of the Holy Spirit because of quote unquote tradition. And there's nothing overly wrong with that, but because of these things, we have become entrapped and we don't always recognize when Jesus is just walking with us. He's having an encounter with us, and we, we fail to, to meet the encounter. And if we're fortunate, maybe our, suddenly our hearts will begin to burn, and we'll get excited, and there's something inside of us. The, the Spirit is moving. That's, we, sometimes people, the, the old-time Pentecostals call that the quickening, where, where your, your hearts are, are, are burning with that passion, and your, your, your spirit is quickened on the, on the inside. 
You know, today maybe your heartbeat's just just going dump, 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 because of the excitement. There's something there. But oftentimes we, we miss he's moving because he's not in that traditional mindset. I can remember listening to an old man up in the, the mountains uh, in the Appalachians that was like, as far as he was concerned, God didn't move unless he heard Amazing Grace sung normally in a bluegrass or southern gospel band, and it, it made him cry. If he didn't hear Amazing Grace, he didn't interrupt, and God didn't move. Um, and that's the type of tradition and, and that, that keeps us from the Lord. And I'm stuttering because I'm, I'm picking on the Amazing Grace thing, but, you know, there are contemporary people now that are going to contemporary churches, and I'm, I'm seeing they're becoming more like a giant concert because they're attracting, they want to attract people and it's, it's a concert. It's not a worship service. It's a concert, but they, they're, they're entrapping God into God has to move an X certain way in an X certain fashion within the, within the service. And there are people all over this planet where God is moving and delivering, and there's no bands, there's no machines, there's no fog machines, there's no strobe lights, there's no loud music. There's none of that traditional things. God is still God, and he's still moving. Jesus is still walking. If we're not careful in these last days, Jesus is going to walk up and walk past us because we're set in thinking that he has to do a certain thing in accordance to the traditions that we've been brought up. I am convinced that we're on a move of God of epic proportions, but I also believe that this world is about to get violently dark, violently dark. I fear for our nation. There are things that are happening. I could very easily get on some end time rant or something, but that's not what this podcast is about. But, but people of God, we don't want to miss Jesus because he is walking. And I believe that there's a, a time coming when some of the people that we least expect are ready to receive him. Are we willing to recognize the move of God when that happens? Are we willing to recognize Jesus when he's walking with us? It's important for us to spend time reading our Bible, seeking him and praying so that in those moments when our hearts begin to burn with the fire of the Spirit of God as he's quickening us because he's speaking truth to us, that we can see that he's with us because it's in those moments that we need to reach out and believe for what we need to for him to change us and change others. And I, I, I'm thankful I mean, these men to Emmaus, it was not a bad encounter. God was awakening them to the new things that he was about to do. I mean, this was in the book of Luke, the end of the book of Luke. But, you know, Luke also continued writing in Acts because it became the Acts of the Apostles. You can almost re rename the book of Acts into, you know, maybe the Acts of the Holy Spirit rather than the Acts of the Apostles. Um, because it was the Spirit of God moving within the church. And, and, and incredible things began to happen. And the reason they did is because those disciples, those apostles, those believers began recognizing that Jesus Christ was with them, just like he said he would be. He would never leave us. He'd be with us to the end of the age. I like that in Matthew 28. 
the last verse, he said to be with us to the end of the age. Amen. That's the end of, end of the chapter. He's never, he's never going to leave us. He's with us now. But can we recognize that he's at work? I teach in our discipleship course a, a lesson about what I call practical faith. And practical faith is when we're just living, we're walking out, we're living life day to day. But do we realize that God, he's already there. He was working before we got up in the morning. And he's working when we go to bed at night. God is always working. He's always doing something. And when we begin to recognize, when we can recognize he's with us, when we recognize the work he is doing, we can be receptive. We can respond to that. We can listen for his invitation to join him and 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 be with him. You know, he wants to partner with us. He doesn't need us, but he's chosen to partner with us. He wants to partner with us. That's why he's poured out his spirit on our flesh. It's because he wants to partner. He wants to use us. The the creator of the universe wants to use us. He he wants to fill us with his spirit and perform his works through us. And it's it's important that we recognize. And so prophetically, that word to today is to recognize, that we want to recognize what it is that he's doing in this world. So where are we? If we were on the road to Emmaus, where would we be? At what point of the conversation would we be in? Is our is our heart burning yet? Are we still cold? Do we need Jesus to rebuke us a little bit, call us foolish, to wake us up? Or are we in the part where we can hear him speak and break the bread and our eyes are opening to see the endless possibilities that he has for us? Are you ready? Father, I thank you that you love us, that you've given us this opportunity to see that you're at work. Lord, I ask right now in Jesus' name that you would open our eyes to recognize where you are in our life, that we would recognize how you want to change us, how you want to change others. God, I pray right now that you would anoint us to do your work, God, that we would recognize what you're doing, that we wouldn't miss you in the simple things of the day. And that as we recognize you, God, you not only change us, but you'd impact others. God, I pray for salvations. I pray that you deliver. You deliver us from sin, habits, addictions. That God, that you'd impact others and that you'd free them. That you'd heal relationships, God. Lord, I thank you that you've not abandoned us, God. And that even in dark times, your light is going to shine to impact our lives. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Christian Impact. You can check out our website at www.christianimpact.net for other teaching series. You can also feel free to drop us a line, contact us. You can do that on Facebook. You can do that from our website. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, God bless. Oh.